Well, I'm Ernie Habe, and I have the privilege to bring God's Word uh, to us today, and I'm uh, very excited to just dig into it and see what God shares with us this morning. Let me start us off with prayer. Heavenly Father, you are here. Your Holy Spirit is here within and among us. Your Word is here. Show us your way, your inspiration. Show to each of us your amazing combination a conviction, grace, and encouragement that leaps from every page and leads us to respond in gratitude and power to move forward with you. Amen. Our passage today is Luke 10, 38-42. Let me read through it with us uh, to get started this morning. While they were traveling, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. He had a sister she had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. In considering this passage this morning, I want us to do two things. First, I want us to place ourselves into the passage, into the scene. Then we'll focus on Jesus' words in great detail and see what they say to us this morning. So, let's put ourselves into the scene. Now think about a celebrity that you would like to meet. Perhaps a sports star, a musician, a performer, author, speaker, political figure, or CEO. Then imagine they were coming to your house for dinner. What would be your state of mind? What would be on your mind? What would you be doing? Might you have more than a few things to do? Might you be worried about many things? I once got to meet George H.W. Bush. He was later to become the 41st President of the United States. But at this time in early 1980, he was on the campaign trail running against Ronald Reagan for the Republican presidential nomination. Along the campaign trail, he came to Texas A&M University and to give a speech. I got to meet him backstage after the event, shake his hand, and say something really eloquent like, nice to meet you, Mr. Bush. That was about it. But what if George and Barbara had told me they were coming to my dorm for dinner that night, and I was the host? Well, now I might have a few things to do, and what if no one in the dorm would help me with the preparations? What if they just wanted to listen to George and Barbara talk all night? Well, guys, really? Come on. Well, that's not unlike where we find Martha in our story today. Let's look at verses 38 to, 48, 38 to 40 again. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? 
So tell her to give me a hand. Now Jesus was the biggest thing <clears throat> happening in their world by far. He was the biggest celebrity. It was Martha's house. It was her responsibility to serve. She had a lot on her plate. We have a lot on our plate. Martha was kind of a hot mess. We can be the same. It also appears that she was resentful of Mary. She rather indignantly stated that Jesus didn't care because he wasn't doing something. She challenged Jesus because he wasn't fixing Mary the way Martha wanted him to. She had really been stewing about this for some time and then just blew up. Now, does this sound like us or what? Yes, I think it's not hard to find ourselves in the story. Working in our own strength is tiring, makes us cranky and irritable, even resentful. We see this in Martha. We see it in ourselves. Martha was serving others, even Jesus himself. But she was getting exhausted because she was not really focusing on Jesus. She was serving Jesus without focusing on Jesus, without really seeing him. And notice the progression here with Martha. Martha was distracted by her many tasks. My sister has left me to do all the serving. Lord, do you not care? Business became pettiness, became a big blow up. The longer Martha stewed about it, the worse it became. Surely, we've never done anything like that. Thank you, Martha, for setting up this great teaching moment for us all. So now let's look at what Jesus said. <clears throat> there we go. <laughs> go ahead. Put your name in there. Ernan, Ernan, you are worried about many things. It's easy to find ourselves in this part of Jesus' words. Here are some of the ways I see myself here. First, just plain busyness. My to-do list, all the things to do. They all seem so important, so pressing. Indeed, many things. Then there's pride. My sense of purpose, my self-value is wrapped up in what I can accomplish, what I can do. My pride in my self-sufficiency and my own abilities gets in the way of God's power and his purpose. Now, closer related to pride, is the need for control. I control my world through my to-do list, my effort in making sure everything is covered, everything is under control. I want to know I'm on top of everything and I've got it handled. Or at least I want to think I have it all handled and think I'm on top of it. And then when God is not cooperating with my agenda, I can get upset and resentful. As Martha said, Lord, do you not care? Now that's pretty convecting. When God isn't assisting my agenda, I think he doesn't care. Somehow, I think God's agenda should be, or my agenda should be God's agenda. And a need for control of others can also add to the mix here. My priorities, of course, should be your priorities. And then contempt can quickly follow if others' priorities don't measure up to my priorities. I might avoid building relationships where I should, avoiding helping where I am needed, or fail to see where I need correction. 
all too quickly I can pray, Lord, I may not be perfect, but change them first. Notice that Martha went to Jesus rather than Mary to address her concerns. Martha's prayer was, tell her. Martha knew what was best for Mary, right? Martha knew what Mary should be doing and asked Jesus to fix her. We, like Martha, are a messy bundle of emotions and emotives. Martha likely felt a mix of being feeling unappreciated, feeling left out, and perhaps jealousy, pride, disdain, and even some contempt. I'm often a complex mix of not-so-great emotions and motives, all represented so well here in Martha. Jesus, in his words to Martha, gently but firmly calls out the problem. You are upset and worried about many things. Then he leads Martha and us to the next important point. One thing is necessary. You are worried about many, upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. The contrast here is sharp and powerful. Many things, one thing. Jesus says to me, wake up, put aside my agenda, my pettiness, my issues, and focus on him and his perspective. Jesus is the one thing. Now, there's a sheep and shepherd illustration that the Bible uses often that helps us visualize the many things versus the one thing. We are sheep. We might think we're smart, but we're really just sheep. Now, sheep are like untrained dogs, except dumber and have really no hope of training whatsoever. You can train a dog to herd sheep, but you can't train sheep for anything. And if the shepherd has to be away, who does he put in charge? The dog. So you get the picture of sheep here. My dad raised sheep when he was young and told me a few stories about them. He also never wanted to raise sheep again. <laughs> now left to themselves, sheep will wander all about and find all sorts of trouble. They will find many things. Sheep love to eat, eat weeds, nasty weeds. They will easily find weeds that make them sick. And in the pursuit of such tasty weeds, sheep will push their heads into the brush and the briars so far that they get themselves stuck with their own wool. Their wool can also grow so long it covers their eyes so that they cannot see where they are going. And finally, they can wander unknowingly into the path of predators ready to devour them. Kind of sounds like us, doesn't it? We feast on things, food or otherwise, that are not healthy for us. We follow our desires into trouble and become ensnared by them. We follow, uh, I'm sorry, we grow blind to our sin, rationalization, and wrong thinking. And we obliviously wander into the destructive path of evil. We are sheep. Sheep are distracted by many things. We are distracted by many things. First Peter 2, 25, tells us we are like sheep wandering astray. The NASB version puts it, you are continually straying like sheep. It's what we do in our sinful state. But that leads us to the one thing, 
the shepherd. The one thing that sheep need is a shepherd. Sheep need the constant presence of the shepherd for protection and direction to keep them out of trouble. Once sheep lose sight of the shepherd, they get lost in many things. Sheep perish without the shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. But one thing, Jesus' own words recorded in John 10 say, I am the good shepherd. In fact, Jesus says twice in that chapter, I am the good shepherd. Elsewhere in the New Testament, Jesus is described as the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. And not only is he our great shepherd, but Jesus was and is the very embodiment of God. He represents to us all that God is. Now, multiple names of Jesus are required to communicate to us humans all that God is. As Isaiah 9, 6 says of Jesus, he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is all those things. In John 1, 1, we learn that Jesus was, from, was God from the very beginning of time. In the beginning of, was the Word, meaning Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. And then Jesus' very special role on the earth was to be our Savior for all of eternity. John 11.25 captures Jesus' own words in telling us this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And so as we consider all that Jesus represents, it's easy to see that Jesus is the one thing. And now let's look at another part of what Jesus says to us here. The word necessary. One thing is necessary. Now in this context, the word necessary communicates two things to us. First, there's just one right option. That's Jesus, by the way. But second, we have a choice about whether we take that option. We must choose. We must take action. What Martha forgot was that Jesus was not just an important person, like a great teacher might be, but Jesus was God himself. And Martha needed to stop the music and choose to focus on him. Mary chose the better portion. Jesus calls us out in verse 42. Mary has made the right choice. So choose the right portion, the better portion, now. Now we might want to start a road trip without pausing to fuel our vehicle, but we won't get far. Whether it's gas or electrons, we just can't put off refueling. There's only one right choice, and we must choose to do it. We won't get far without it. And so it is if we fail to choose Jesus. So we must choose Jesus, the better portion, the necessary portion, the necessary choice. And then that takes us to the really exciting word, is. Is. Big word in this. Jesus really is. He exists. He's present. He's here. 
He's not a far-off God who pulls the strings, not maybe a, a maybe God you're not sure exists and is real, not a good luck charm you rub just in case it helps. No. He really exists. He's not a God who touched off the Big Bang and then stepped it away from it all. No. He really, really exists. And through the Holy Spirit, he actually lives within us. Jesus was saying to Martha, I'm here. As John says in John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's saying to you and me, I'm here. I'm here right now. Wake up, you Marthas. <laughs> Jesus is here. And all that God is, is available to everyone all the time. That means comfort, direction, purpose, power, and a real relationship with God. And because Jesus is, we have a whole new identity. Because we have Christ living within us, we are a new creature, a new person. We are not just one more human on the planet. We are an important and valued part of God's world, a critical part of God's work. That's what it means to be part of God's kingdom. We're part of his happening, part of what he, he's doing. Mary was immersing herself in her new identity. Mary was listening to the very word of God in flesh, taking it in to understand her new self in light of Jesus. Martha, however, is a picture of the old identity, swimming in her own worries and concerns, trying to do it all in her own strength, trying to work it all out. But Mary seized the moment, recognized the opportunity at hand, and shifted her focus to Jesus. We need to do the same. Seize the moment, find the opportunity to shift our focus to Jesus. Jesus offers rest in that new identity. Martha needed rest. We need rest. Rest from measuring up to all those expectations that we or others place upon us. This is the gospel rest. That's why it's good news. We can stop trying to earn it. And so, because Jesus is... We have hope in a whole new us. Hope for all things that come our way. Now, I think we can take away some powerful applications uh, as we conclude today. I see three things that call out to us from this passage. A call to choose Jesus, a call to focus on Jesus, and a call to hope in Jesus. First, we must choose Jesus. Jesus is calling us to a new source of life, himself. Jesus came that we might have life, that we might know the one thing. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, Lord, and Shepherd, I invite you to make that decision today, to choose life. I invite you to confess your sin, accept the forgiveness provided through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and choose to follow his teaching in a right and powerful relationship with God. Then once we choose Jesus, we must focus on him. As we focus on Jesus, he guides us to the right perspective on our many things. For many of us, our physical vision needs correction with glasses, contacts, LASIK, etc. But for all of us, our spiritual vision needs correction from Jesus. 
like sheep who unknowingly wander astray, like Martha with her busyness and pettiness. We focus on our many things, our agenda, our priorities, our rights, and lose sight of Jesus' perspective. So how do we focus on Jesus? Well, perhaps it's setting aside a few time, few minutes each day to pause and refocus. Like Mary, we need to seize the moment and shift our focus to Jesus. I like to start by reading the Bible for a few minutes to allow God's word to soak in. Then I should pray a short paraphrase from the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done in me right here, right now. Then I like to take 10 minutes just to be quiet, to be still, to focus on Jesus. No petitions, no agenda, no prayer requests. Just be quiet. And ask God one question. What do you want me to know right now? What do you want me to know right now? It's amazing how this question opens my thinking. It's amazing how 10 minutes can refocus me. I set a timer on my phone so I don't have to look at the clock. I also have a paper, a pad of paper available to write down those extraneous, distractive uh, to-dos that come to mind. Just make a quick note, put it down, get it off my mind, then wait. Sometimes God will call to mind a particular person or situation I should pray for. Usually I'm prompted to pray in a very open-ended way without a specific outcome other than God's best for them and for that situation. Often I am reminded I just don't know what's best in a particular situation and that God has options that I cannot comprehend. Focusing on him helps me to rest in his providence, in his work without me telling him what to do. Other times I get a glimpse of God's greater purpose at work versus my narrow-minded focus. Perhaps it reveals a new approach or new attitude I should take that better aligns with God's principles in his highest good. <clears throat> Perhaps it highlights a relationship I need, uh, I need to build in a more positive way with less of my agenda getting in the way. And then sometimes I need to see where God has already been at work. And I just need to pause and appreciate that. So often things turn out completely different than I had envisioned at the beginning. And when I pause, I can see where he is shaping it for good. So taking 10 minutes just to wait and quiet and be quiet can do amazing things. Now your time will look different than mine, <clears throat> but I encourage you to seek a regular time of silence and solitude just to refocus. And then take that focus with you as you proceed with your day and work on your to-do list. Perhaps not all those things are necessary. Do you see Jesus in them? Are you open to the possibility that Jesus might want to take a right turn to make a course correction? If you're worried and upset by many things, as Martha was, I invite you to pause and focus on the shepherd. Draw strength and perspective from the shepherd. Sit at Jesus' feet as Mary did, and be encouraged. Then once we have chosen Jesus, set our focus on Jesus, then we can know the hope 
that he brings to every situation. To hope in Jesus. I hear the story calling to us, but wait, Jesus is here. Right now, right here at work. Jesus opens, uh, <clears throat> opens up all unlimited possibilities. The fact that Jesus is here changes everything. Anything can happen. I know nothing. I'm not in charge. Thank God. He's right here waiting for us to invite him into the situation and work it for good. When, like Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but wait, Jesus is here. When you're confused and confounded by many things, but wait, Jesus is here. When you're distracted, distraught, and disheartened, Jesus is here. When your energy ebbs and your efforts fall flat, Jesus is here. When you have zero chance of success, then God can do his greatest work because Jesus is here. Now to sum it all up, Jesus is the one thing that changes everything. Without him, we have nothing. With him, we have everything. Let's pray.